How do trucking companies navigate through tough times? On this episode of Driven Too Far, we're going to take a look behind the scenes to see what those execs are really talking about. Hello, I'm Andrew Winkler, and this is Driven Too Far, the truth about trucking, a podcast that helps over-the-road truck drivers balance career and family. It's no secret that the last couple years have been an extremely tough environment in trucking. You know, have you ever walked into the office and sometimes you can feel the tension? Maybe you feel and know that it, things at your carrier aren't going so well. And one of the things w that happens to us is, you know, there'll be closed doors and there's always these meetings going on and you try to get a hold of a dispatcher and they're always busy and a meeting can't be held or you can't get a hold of them. Um, so what's going on in those meetings, right? You know, it just kind of makes a person paranoid. And for whatever reason, we always jump to conclusions about the worst, worst case scenario, what's going on. It's like, oh man, is this gonna be the day where I lose my job or they, they shut something down or you know somebody gets fired type thing. But I wanna talk to you about that a little bit because what's going on in those meetings is probably not what you think. It's not as bad as you think. Um, What's happening in there is there's a good chance there's a lot of strategy going on. Yeah, things are tough in this environment. So as an executive team or a management group or whatever your leadership team looks like at your trucking company, most likely they're sitting around and they're looking through things is how can we tighten things up? How can we be better? How can we operate smarter? And that's what a lot of those meetings are about. So let me give you some examples. You know, one of the first things we always look at when things get tight is discretionary spending. Well, what does discretionary spending look like in a truck, truck line? Uh, it might be, you know, one of the things we do when things are good, when times are good, is we like to celebrate, right? We like to have barbecues and buy t-shirts and hats and things like that. But when things tighten up, those may be some of the events or fun items that have to get cut or at least pushed off for now. So those are the discretionary items I'm talking about. Do you have company parties? Uh, did you notice that the company party this year wasn't quite as good as it's been in years past and stuff? But, but those could be a strategy that they're doing. They're trying to save some dollars wherever they can. The fuel management gets tighter. So one of the things we do is, you know, when things get tight like that, we just, we really dig down into the details and we get real nitpicky about some things. And if your company, more than likely, they've got you at least going to a fuel network. You've got a certain number of vendors that you buy your fuel from and they say, you know, buy it from TA or Pilot or J or Loves, whoever that is for you. And they want to make sure you stay in that network because that's where their best discounts are. Now, one of the things that can happen with fuel is they really start looking through the details of the fuel reports and saying, okay, uh, this driver, you know, looks like on more than one occasion over the course of a month, he's fueled out of network. He's lost that discount. So it may be things like that where they, they start to uh, get a little bit more nitpicky about that. Or maybe one of those vendors has better fuel pricing overall, and maybe they try to steer more trucks into that one vendor. So again, we're just, we're pinching pennies here and we're just trying to get as tight as we can. Analyzing poor load or deadhead decisions, and this happens within the operations group. Uh, uh, I've been part of it, unfortunately, but you know, when things are tight, you start to look at, okay, we need to eliminate dumb moves. What have we done that just wasn't the smartest thing we could have done with the truck, that driver, that type of stuff? So you focus in on uh, maybe certain customers, maybe big bounces or deadhead uh, that you've done. 
uh, are you experiencing um, too much layover in certain areas of the country and stuff? So we start to analyze the trips that we've done and try to learn from our history of what what's working well, what's keeping our asset profitable. And then some of the things, the areas where we're probably bleeding a little bit with those dollars, we're too loose, we're not making enough revenue on that, in that particular scenario. We tend to look at wasted time. So that could be with drivers, that could be with technicians in the shop. We gotta make sure that every minute counts. We gotta make sure that we don't have a lot of idle time um, for our, our drivers and our techs. Those are our assets. Those are the people that generate revenue for us. So we gotta make sure that they're out there generating revenue every possible moment they can. So we start to look at uh, habits and things that when times are good, you know, we get a little loose sometimes. So maybe uh, we got to really dig in there and look at the details and stuff and say, well, why is this technician working on this particular job when it really doesn't matter or it's something that could be pushed off? We could have brought that truck in and got that truck service and get that driver back out on the road rather than working on this other project. So it might be something like that. We may eliminate certain lanes um, that just don't have a good history for us. I know in our case, uh, whenever we go west, we seem to struggle. Uh, when we go west, the, the, the deadhead seems to be higher. Um, we have fewer customers out there. There's, there's fewer shippers out west. That's why a lot of carriers you know, really focus on the eastern two-thirds of the United States from the Rockies east. That's where the population is. That's where the shippers are, the vendors are, all those things happening. That's where the most freight and the most traffic happens. Uh, so we might be looking at things like that. We may say, you know what? Every time we go west, we lose money or maybe we break even at best. Let's stop going west. Let's make sure we're putting those trucks in traffic lanes where we know they can generate revenue and a profit for the company. Here's a good one. Uh, pull back on recruiting and spending. Um, you know, recruiting's tough because we do spend a lot of money in recruiting, in trucking. Uh, those ads that we're running, um, and then when you think about, you know, the cost of hiring a driver. So you, you not only put ads out there for that driver to see whether it's paper printed, social media ads, those types of things. So there's a cost to that that's really expensive. But then once you recruit the driver, you land the driver, now you've got to get them into orientation. So there's an expense uh, there to maybe put them on a plane or get them in a rental car and bring them in. We've got a hotel expense that we, we do for several days, maybe a week long, however long the orientation is. We're paying for their food. We're just taking care of them. But it's really, really tempting. Sometimes as a management group, when we start looking at our overall expenses in the business, sometimes recruiting expenses really stand out. Like, man, look at all this money we're spending on recruiting. And it's hard for us to justify the ends of that. So if we're spending $30,000, $50,000 a month in recruiting, and I can't justify what I'm getting, um, it would be very easy for recruiting spending to become a target saying, okay, let's cut back on recruiting. Let's cut that, that expense in half for the month. But the lesson I've learned, and unfortunately I've learned it more than once, is even when you get the trucks full, you cut back on recruiting, it almost always comes back to haunt you because you get this lull. You want the recruiting pipeline full. You want drivers constantly applying. 
uh, your recruiters talking to those drivers, setting them up for orientation, and you've always got that pipeline full, whether you're trying to fill empty trucks or whether you're trying to grow the fleet, uh, you need that full. But once you start pulling back on the advertising and those types of things, all of a sudden that pipeline starts to dry up just a little bit. And then once the economy takes off again and you want to ramp back up, it takes forever to get that pipeline filled back up. So in, at least in my case, and most of the time, we would have been better off just pushing through the tough time with the recruiting expense and keeping that pipeline full the whole time uh, rather than do this start, stop, start, stop thing. Uh, and it ends up probably costing you more in the long run by doing that. Right sizing the fleet. Um, you know, this is something that I've gone through a few times too is when, when freight slows down, one of the things you got to try to figure out as, as a leader in a company is like, how long is this downturn going to last? And if it's just a short stint, you know, you're probably going to push through it, fight through it. You may not change a lot on the surface uh, because you know it'll take off again. There's just always been that, that pattern in uh, transportation. But if, it's, if the downturn's going to last a year, 18 months, two years, something like kind of what we're going through now, it's like, well, how do you know when to cut back the fleet size? Meaning, if I've got empty trucks parked against the fence all the time, why do I have that many trucks? Why don't I just run the number of trucks I can keep seated consistently? Or if you're looking at customers and profitability, if 80% of the freight I haul is profitable and this 20% is not profitable, why don't I cut the fleet size to get rid of that 20% that's not profitable? So that's what I mean by right-sizing the fleet. We want to we cut the number of trucks down to a number that makes sense, where we can make money, where we can make profit. When that happens, a lot of times what we also have to do is we have to purge drivers. Uh, and I hate to say that, but it's, it's reality. And that's one of the things we do in business. If you're going to cut back so many trucks, that probably means there could be some drivers that are going to lose their job. The drivers that lose their job most likely are going to be your weakest drivers. So this may be drivers that don't run very many miles for you. Uh, maybe they're higher risk when you think of a safety side of things. Maybe they aren't as experienced. I know over time one of the things I've heard from drivers is I think they feel like, oh, if they've got to make a change with 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 drivers, they always pick on the, the most veteran guys because they're making the most money. They're costing us you know, the most amount of money in payroll and stuff. And I can tell you from my point of view, that's not how I would look at it. Uh, I would keep the guys that are safe and out there running the miles. So those would be my focus. Uh, that's usually not your veteran guys. Usually your veteran guys know, know what they're doing and they're, there's a reason they've been with you so long. It's because they're safe and they're doing the job right. We're going to keep those guys. But it's the drivers that um, maybe they do a lot of late deliveries. Maybe they can't get anywhere on time. Uh, maybe they're accident prone or they have, you know, too many little incidents that start to add up. Uh, those are probably the drivers that would get purged first, in, in my opinion. They may, uh, a carrier may look at starting to take like a bonus program away or cutting that bonus program back. And again, it's one of those situations I think you really have to, anytime you mess with people's pay, you really have to try to understand how long is this downturn going to last because the last thing you ever want to do is start to mess with people's pay. Now, if it's going to be a long-term downturn, you may need to cut back some of those things. So we'd be better off taking away a bonus program or at least suspending that bonus program 
uh, until things turned around than we would cutting actual, you know, your cents per mile or your weekly pay or anything like that. That's what we don't want to do is we don't want to get in that position where we ever have to ask somebody to take a pay cut, whether it's office or, or drivers. So that's what we would try to avoid. But so a bonus program certainly could uh, be suspended at some time. But again, that's something we would try to avoid if we could. There was times in 2008, back with the Great Recession in the company I was working for, is that everybody was kind of expected to take uh, a little bit of a pay cut. And they felt like that's really something that needed to happen for the company to survive and, and get through the, the tough times. Well, they wanted to make sure that it wasn't just drivers, it wasn't just hourly staff uh, associates, that it was management leadership too. And in fact, I think we may have been, been first on the list, uh, but we were asked to continue to work a full week, but we, we may have only got paid for four, three or four days for that week. So that was kind of our way of saying, look, we're in this together. Unfortunately, you know, we're going to have to take a little bit of a pay cut here and there from everybody and, and get our payroll down so we can survive this. And that was one of the things uh, we were asked to do. But that was a last resort for sure. Like I said, you just you don't mess with people's pay. There's a lot of other things you can do. Um, things you can do to save money and, you know, cut some costs out of your expense and stuff like that. So how would you know if the carrier you're working for is in financial trouble? What are some of the signs that you might see? One of the things you might see is skipping maintenance. And they're probably not going to come out and tell you this. So you kind of have to be uh, aware of what's going on. But maybe your truck is due for a, a PM and all of a sudden they decide it's not that big a deal. Just, just keep running, don't worry about it. I've heard stories, this isn't us by any means, but I've heard stories that have been, uh, carriers been in financial trouble, and it was to the point where the banks were gonna start repoing trucks and equipment. <laughs> Dispatch wouldn't, they would keep the trucks out, they would never bring them back to the terminal. <laughs> so drivers are having a hard time getting home, you know, weeks on a time they're out on the road, but the point was they didn't want the trucks to come back to the terminal because they were afraid that the bank was going to be there and repo the truck as soon as it as soon as it hit the yard so if anything strange like that starts to happen that definitely might be a sign that your carrier's in trouble fuel cards won't go through um, now i will tell you there's been glitches and, and many times over the years where when we set up fuel cards on the fleet typically we have a daily limit for the whole fleet and if today was a day when fuel spiked, maybe it jumped 20 cents a gallon or something like that, and all of a sudden you had all the trucks or most of the trucks in the fleet throw on fuel, you may hit that limit for the day. Doesn't happen that often. But the next guy that goes in, if we've hit the limit, his car doesn't go through, and it kind of creates a panic uh, within the fleet and within the drivers, you know? Nothing spreads quicker than rumors like that. Um, but if it's just an occasional thing, there might be a good explanation. It's more of a glitch in the system or something like that. But the point is, if a carrier is in real financial trouble, that's also one of the things that they will cut off first is the fuel card access, where you won't be able to get fuel uh, when you pull into the station and stuff like that. So maybe not just if, you, if your specific card isn't working, but all of a sudden you start to hear from some of your other friends that are drivers in the fleet that, hey, I had the same thing happen. That might be a, a sign that the carrier's in, in some financial difficulties. And then probably the last thing is always the, you know, the short paychecks. Uh, you get paid on Friday and it wasn't what you expected. 
you know, maybe that happens once in a while because of trip cutoff times or something like that, or somebody in dispatch just missed paying you a layover or something like that. Those can, those can certainly happen. Uh, but if it, all of a sudden it starts to happen on a regular basis, like multiple weeks in a row, there's a pretty good indication that something's going on there, that they're not able to make payroll. So they're doing something behind the scenes to kind of cut things off. While you see those drivers that are loyal, you know, they want to stick with the carrier, they want to help them through the tough times, and that's very admirable um, for them to do that. But you have to look out for yourself, too. You have to look out for number one. If you get to that point where it goes more than a week when something funky's going on with your pay and it just doesn't feel right, that's probably the case. And it's probably time for you to, to step up and take care of yourself, maybe turn that truck in, line yourself up another job, or at least start that process. Because the, the one thing that happens when, a lot of times when these carriers go down, there's no money left. And a lot of times the drivers don't get paid that last week, two, three, whatever it is. Uh, there's just no money left to, to settle up with the drivers. And unfortunately, you walk away um, hurt as well. So, and most of us can't afford to do that, right? So, anyways, thanks for being loyal. But uh, by the way, take care of yourself first. So that's, that's kind of what I wanted to share with you today. Like I say, I know sometimes the, the paranoia and the rumors um, can get going in the trucking companies themselves. Um, at least in our case, I can tell you that, yeah, we have a lot of meetings. And, and of course, this year hasn't been as strong as previous years and things like that. But we're strategically working behind the scenes. We're not, um, we're not sitting in there trying to figure out who we're going to cut or, um, you know, who we're going to screw, so to speak, out of a paycheck and this and that. Uh, we just don't operate like that. I think the best thing you can do is if, if you have questions, find somebody you trust within the company. Maybe that's a dispatcher, an HR person, a manager, um, and go to them and just ask a question. I certainly wouldn't have a, a problem, and, and I've done it before, I wouldn't have a problem sharing with people what's going on, what we're going through. We try to be transparent anyway. So I would much rather have a driver come in and have a sit-down conversation and uh, have an honest conversation about, yeah, I'll tell you what's going on, and this is where we're at, and we didn't have a good month last month, so we're trying to make some tweaks. Um, I'd much rather have that than the, the, the rumor mill get started, so to speak, because unfortunately, when we don't know what we don't know, we tend to make up, right? And that's kind of how the, the rumor mill gets started. So don't do that. Don't depend on your information about the company from other drivers. Try to actually go to a source within the company you trust. If you're looking for a carrier that's open and transparent, check us out at chiefcarriers.com.